My name's Jason Fleming, and this is the More Than My Past podcast from the Forward Trust. Welcome back to More Than My Past, the podcast telling the stories of those who've escaped cycles of crime or addiction to lead positive, brilliant lives. On this episode, I spoke to Magnus Apaya, the co-founder of a brilliant project I've known about for some time called Squash the Beef. Many years ago, Magnus was put in a prison cell with a rival gang member named Nicky Harris. But instead of fighting each other to the death, as the police may have hoped, Magnus and Nicky chatted things through. They realized that the power of reconciliation could help others escape the clutches of violent crime and Squash the Beef was born. The pair now go into schools and put on workshops aiming to intervene in young lives before it's too late. It was such a pleasure to have Magnus as my first in-person guest since we began recording this podcast online. And I'd like to give a huge thank you to Defenders Entertainment for hosting us at their terrific South London studio. Magnus, you're a legend. So, Magnus, this is very exciting for me because this is our first in-person interview on the podcast um, that me and Tom and the guys from Forward Trust have been doing for nearly two years. So it's great to have you, mate. We've been mates for a little while now and I've been wanting to get you on this because I think your story is incredible and I think um, it needs to be told. Um, I know you have a charity called Squash the Beef and uh, you have to tell your story a lot, but I'd love you to do it just one more time for our listeners and let, um, just to let us know your story, your the how you became involved with Squash the Beef, how you set that up. And, um, yeah, start with that, mate. That'd be great. Basically, um, um, in the 90s, I was involved with a um, altercation with my partner who's not here today. We had an altercation in a nightclub, yeah. We had an altercation in a nightclub. Um, A fight broke out, broke out all over the dance floor, um, and it was like, basically ridiculous Um, to to, to put things mildly. Um, It's pulled out all over London afterwards and um, yeah people got um, a lot of people got hurt over it over the altercation um, and then years later um, Nicky Nick Harris um, who I discussed beef with he went to jail for for something I think he was sentenced for nine, eight nine years at the time um, I got sentenced um, something I went to jail for a long time then what they'd done in the middle of the night they moved me from a jail in Isle of Wight and they put me in a, another jail on Isle of Sheppey um, called um, Elmley yeah basically what happened now um, they moved me to the jail um, about 2 o'clock in the morning who do they put me in a cell with Nicky yeah so the door's closed Nicky's jumped up I'm up already yeah um, we was about to have a massive altercation in the cell and Nicky said to me one minute what was this over before we before, before we kill each before other. we kill each other because this is what's happened now this is you know this whole thing is set up in it yeah so I thought he thought so we sat down um, no one slept in that cell that night by the way no one slept yeah we spoke about um, the altercation and what was over um, we couldn't remember what it was over in the first place, yeah, why we had that altercation in the, in the club and why it spilled out to all the streets all over London. Anyway, we spoke, and, um, yeah, we spoke for hours and hours and hours. In the morning, when the screws officers, what you call them, come to our cell, um, they were shot, there was about 30 screws outside the cell. They thought there was, there was going to bring someone out here on a body bag, and the other person was going to be on a murder charge. Mm-hmm. But it didn't go like that. 
We slammed the door back up and we sat and we spoke. We come out in the afternoon, yeah. Um, all their mates with us goes like, what's going on, what's going on? I goes, no, this, um, it's dead, it's squashed, yeah. We squashed, any dramas on a big for it's all squashed, but you get me? And then fast tracking, throughout that sentence, we was with each other. And then um, I've got other sentences, Nikki's got other sentences, yeah. Then in 2016, um, we was in a DCAT prison together, yeah. And by this time, me and Nikki are really close and really tight, yeah. We've I've come out in I've come out in 2016. Nikki's come out in 2016, and then we spoke about doing uh, doing something because we thought all these kids they're stabbing each other for not no reason at all. They're killing each other for like for for nothing. When we done something, although. It was for a reason. We had an altercation. It was, it was always for a reason. And do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It was for a reason why it happened, not because of someone lives in that area. I don't even know, but I'm going to juke him in his neck. Mm-hmm. It's pointless. It's, it's, it's a joke. So we spoke um, about doing an organisation. So us together with a woman called Arlette Piercy and a woman called uh, and a man called Gary Sutton, who's no longer here with us, um, we created an organisation with Squash the Beef. Yeah. And we go into schools, um, we go into reform schools, we go into young offenders institution, we go into prisons, um, loads of different establishments, yeah, to give our story to young people, to stop them from making the same mistakes we did, yeah, and to um, let them know there's, there's other choices, yeah, there's other directions that you can do in life, right, rather than this, like, the roads don't love you, the streets don't love you, yeah, right? Your family and your friends, and they're the people that love you, they're the people that care about you if, if something happens. They're the ones that are suffering, yeah? You're suffering and they're suffering. And so this is what we, um, basically this is what started. So, yeah, we're going to these schools and that, and we set up like, um, we do like a, we do like a, Workshops. We go into schools. We do mm-hmm. like a two or three day workshop. We do a one day workshop. We do a eight um, eight week workshop. We do a ten um, a ten week workshop, and we take these kids and we give them alternatives what to do. And this is like early days before they get involved. Hopefully, yeah, before they get involved, why they're involved. Yeah, yeah, all the way through kind of thing, just to try and get them off that thing. Um, we try and target it um, thirteen to seventeen year olds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yes. And you two have remained friends ever since? Yeah, he's like, um, I'm the godfather of his grandkids, yeah, and his kids. He's the godfather of my kids and my grandkids, and like, yeah, we're tight. It's a bit moany sometimes, <laughs> Nick. Yeah, sorry, mate, about that one. We're allowed like, to say that because he yeah, didn't turn up. Right, but yeah, but um, yeah, that's, that's how we've, that's how what we're on at the moment. My, my thing that, um, I've learned during this podcast, Magnus, is that, that pathway is so depressingly destined, do you know what I mean, for a lot of young kids. It's like, it, it takes a real um, character to break away from that, you know, you know, and it's hereditary, you know, it's the father, the grandfather, and then the son. And that pathway from, you know, young offender to grown-up prison, it just seems like an, it seems inevitable in some, in some, in some situations. And, and what you're doing is you're trying to, to break that cord, break yeah, that. Yes, yeah, what we're doing, we're trying to break the chain kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's why we try to, like, with, um, we're setting up, like, football academies for yeah. people, yeah? Tell us about that. Where, um, basically, there's a guy called Leon Constantine. 
Yeah, he's got a football academy. I've known Leon since I was a kid. He's seen um, so many me. He's seen me go from being a good kid to being a not so good kid. This um, all from my prison history. And yeah, we're gonna um, basically we've got a thing what we're doing with Leon as well. So he remembers you from before. Yeah. How long? How long was your sort of prison life, roughly, from the first sentence to the to last? I was, in all, I spent nearly twenty years in jail. Eighteen years. Wow, I spent in jail on and off. Yeah. Um, Nicky spent 32 years in prison. Wow. Yeah, so between us, um, half it's like a century. Nearly, yeah, half a century between us. Amazing. Yeah. And um, tell us about, so that, so there's the the foot, because there's a couple of, you've got a couple of avenues. Yeah, so the foot, yeah you've got the foot, then I've got um, the, um, the boxing side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, with, there's a guy called, um, there's a gym, yeah, and he's, um, he does like sponsorship with, um, fighters and young fighters yeah. and stuff. And that was always the classic way when we were kids. It was always about those young bo- those young kids going to boxing clubs. But a lot of those are closed, haven't they? Yeah, a lot of those. Yeah, this, this one's called, um, it's called KO. And basically what he does, he takes young kids in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we try and get them, get them boxing, mm-hmm. try and get them signed and out of the, gun, uh, the gang culture. We were saying earlier on, Magnus and me were talking, and it's not necessarily about the success. We're at this amazing place today, which is a recording studio in um, New Cross, um, Defenders Entertainment, and it does the same thing. It, it takes kids, um, vulnerable kids, and gives them, lets them... Um, gives, them a, gives them a chance. They don't just do music here. They do, like, graphic design in here. They do... Um, the technicians here that we're, that's recording this have all come through that programme. Hi, mate. But the point is, it's not about necessarily becoming a world-famous boxer or becoming a world famous rapper it's just about that focus for those years when you're vulnerable and to give you do you know what it is as well because obviously um, a lot of these kids this is why we do this isn't it because a lot of these kids they're motivated by money yeah all the young people motivated by money they want this that that, they want everything all the the good things in life the finer things in life yeah like yourself there Jace yeah Yeah. (laughs) right and um, to do that they need money to lead careers yeah so what better thing to get them good careers like footballers boxers got a guy who does um, he does trading he's got a he's got a flooring uh, shards yeah, you said he does trading um, he does um, trading got people does um, people do music mm-hmm. kind of thing um, got people doing like um, plumbing courses yeah. and stuff um, um, sound engineering courses mm-hmm. lots of uh, lots of stuff that's actually going to make them a good wage and have them a good living mm-hmm. rather than our job really shitty jobs that mm-hmm. you ain't gonna you ain't gonna have a good living you ain't it's funny though because when you get to a certain age now I'm I'm young I'm older than you I mean but you know once you get to a certain age you realise it doesn't matter what you drive or what watch you've got no it don't it's don't. so funny isn't it because it's so important when especially to the kids you know young kids listen like I said to someone yeah um, when you're dead yeah it don't matter what watch you had mm-hmm. it don't matter what car you drive it don't matter what house you, you mm-hmm. lived in it don't matter because don't think they're important. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're all going to walk into the same place. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, who really, come on, who really cares? Is it, you're on your um, Instagram, Magnus, there's the squash the beef on Instagram. It's really fascinating because although it goes into much more detail about what you do as your charity does, it also has videos of um, stuff which is hard to watch um, with young kids. Stabbing each other. Yeah. Stabbing each other, stabbing yeah, each other parks, chasing yeah. each other around parks. And yeah. it's so shocking because it's so irrational and hopeless, you know? Yeah, it is. And for you to be, because you've done what you've done in the time you've spent in prison, they 
will listen to you where they won't listen to other people. Do you know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah, they do. That's why. That's why we try and do. Listen, like like we say, we're never going to change the world. We're never going to change everything. Yeah, but if we can change, if we can save one kid, one child's life, young person's life, we've done something good. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You get me. During your time in prison, um, what was the what what do you think was the lowest point? I mean, obviously, once you met Nikki, there, there was a, you know you had a you had a plan. Yeah. But what was your lowest point? Do you feel when you were in Nick well, during during any of the sentences? During the sentences, um, really just just being on your really being your own, um, not being with your your loved ones, your kids, your misses. Um, family yeah it's just when you're like it's, I think I think it's see when you're not knowing and you get before you get a sentence and you're not knowing mm-hmm. about your sentence like you're thinking stupid sentences and what you're what you're gonna get and because one of my one of my sentences my first sentence they gave me a life sentence with a 21 year tariff yeah and no one got killed it weren't uh, it wasn't nothing I was just I was just with someone at the time, but obviously it got dropped down to um, a lesser sentence. But um, when I got that, it's like my whole, um, I was only 18, 17, 18, and my whole like, life, it's like my whole, it was just like, I couldn't see the end of it. Yeah. You can't, when you're 18 years old, you can't see the end of it. When someone said 20 years, you can't, you can't see the end of it. But um, like I got in the pill, I got dropped down to a normal 12 year sentence. Yeah. And you, you know, the, um, the thing about, you know, you've got kids, I've got kids, right? The thing about um, kids going off the rails and getting involved with knife crime and getting involved in gangs, it's like it, the, the, the key, the key, like you said earlier on, is the road doesn't care about you. Do you know what I mean? It's family, it's family who cares about you. And, and, and having you as a dad or hopefully me as a father to my twin boys, hopefully that means as a as a as a present father that means that you can stop that and you can stop them drifting left and right of the right way so you know, i'm a bit skeptical about that because i grew up with a very loving family yeah my dad uh, my mum and my dad were very two professional people yeah um my mum was a barrister and my dad was a barrister yeah my dad was a he was a it was a mayor of tower hamlets first black mayor of tower hamlets and that so i come from a very Stable background, yeah. yeah. And I've got uh, two two loving um, grandparents, my nan and my granddad, yeah, who were still together until my nan died in January. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were married, they were together like 72 years they married. Wow. And I went the way I did, kind of thing. Now, people say about people got broken, broken homes, so mm-hmm. they turn it. I've got friends and I know people who've have had broken homes, but they have excelled. They've excelled to. Yeah. Uh, great great stuff you understand so people saying they because this person comes from a broken home or this person's got a um this person's got a great home he turned it don't work like that yeah to no well, that's interesting yeah do you understand what i'm saying it's so, too easy to say yeah that. it's too easy to say that because they've got a broken home yeah yeah they're gonna turn out or they've turned out like this or they've turned out like that mm-hmm. it's no it's not okay don't help yeah no. but it's true because i my father was never around and i'm fine yeah. oh no you're right you're right but you're right you you can't just put them in that in that place and say this is why it happened 
No, you can't, definitely not. I mean, I think if you come from the Silly Isles or the north of Scotland, you've got less chance of getting involved. But do you know what I mean? When you're in an urban situation and you're yeah. you're amongst the... But then it's, 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 it ain't just in the urban situation, because it used to be, remember, it used to be in the cities. It used to be like London, Birmingham, Liverpool. Yeah. But, but then it's gone out of, mm. out of the thing. So, like, this is my whole thing kind of thing. This was never a problem, yeah? Right? When it was in, like, London, Birmingham, Liverpool, it was in the cities and it was just... Um, Young black kids killing each other. It was not a problem. But then when it went out, it went out to the, the, um, these other suburbs. suburbs. Yeah. And then you, you got like normal people. Yeah. Like, um, from different, um, backgrounds mm-hmm. actually killing each other. Like when, um, is it that Rice, was that, is it Rice Jones? Mm-hmm. Um, he got killed. These other kids. Now it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that they, they now they want to put a stop addressed. to it. Now yeah, it's now been addressed. Now it's want to be a put. But now it's too late because it's, it's it's spilled right out of control. And is it all to do with? Uh, the, I mean, this is not just for the listeners, but for me too. But is all gang culture? Is most gang culture um, motivated and surrounded by the drug trade, or is that? No, it ain't no, all about ain't all about drug trade. It's all about because you're from that area. So ain't, ain't about ain't about the drug trade at all. At all, yeah, and yeah, it's it's about drugs. Yeah, it's about drugs. It's about loads of other, loads of of other stuff. But simply put them, put the, yeah, but then putting it down to is it just about drugs? No, it's not just about drugs. Yeah, it's about you're from you're from the area. You told me a story years ago when we first met about you trying to get home from school and stuff, and or cars breaking down in certain areas, and you having to get back to where you come from. You know. And, it's just not something most people understand, you know what I mean? But for you or for, for, or for a young 13-year-old boy or 14-year-old boy or girl today to walk through an estate in the wrong area. And get, and yeah, and get stabbed. And just, even that girls are getting stabbed and things. That's still, it's, it's, so it's just, so it's, it's mad as horrible. And that's why we do what we do, yeah. to try and put a stop to it now. <laughs> What's your greatest success? Is your greatest success when you do those interventions or those classes? Yeah, we do. We do. We done a thing at a after school club in Fulham. Yeah, a little while ago, and the feedback that we got from the teacher there and was actually it was phenomenal. It was amazing. They all use squash the beef, don't they? They say they use that expression now. After after Magnus did this uh, evening club, it was an e- after yeah, school club. And the, one of the teachers wrote an email saying it's really funny now because on the corridors I can just hear people go squash the beef and they use it, which is great. <laughs> yeah, they, that's, yeah, 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 that's what they use it. I mean, um, they've asked us to go back and that um, and everything. So we're going to go back to them and do um, a. Cause we only done like a, um, a like three hours, like three hours, three four hours mm-hmm. within a three hour program there. Um, but we're going to actually go back and do a couple week program there. Brilliant. Kind of so we're going to be there a couple weeks. So we look forward to to doing that. Yeah, thank thanks, sir. You've done a lot for us, by the way. Yeah. Oh no, mate. So, Magnus, um, as I said, the strain of my of my uh, podcast is people who've um, been inside for um, serious sentences and have managed to stay out this time. And mm. you've done, you've had multiple multiple sentences. Yeah, yeah. longest this longest I've had out this time. Yeah. So, but what stopped? What's each time you've come out, you have you thought to yourself I'm never going back and then if that's the case why did it work this time this time it worked because um, before when I had my son mm. Harlow 
It's like when my um, when my oldest son Joseph was born, um, he was born while I was in jail, kind of thing. So I never got that, and I never got that bond with Joseph, kind of thing. When Harlow was born, I was there, kind of thing, and yeah, I was there. Um, it was like I was I was with him every every second, every day. And um, when I got the last sentence, and it, um, I was away from Joseph, and I was away from Sophie. And the kids, it actually, yeah, it did affect me. And obviously, so um, when Sophie came up to the prison, she said, um, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she goes, you've got to promise me. Yeah, that um, you ain't going to do this no more. So I said, all right, cool. Um, so I said, what? I said, what do you mean? Promise her. I goes, I goes, what do you mean? I promise you. Like, you've never... Like, Promise you for what? She said, you got to promise to go, we can't do this. Harlow's broken, in it? Paris, like, the kids, I said, ah, oh, cool. So I made a promise, in it that I'm not going to get back into nothing. And the charity, since you got out, you and Nick's, has that, has that meant a big, that's obviously a big deal to you and it's obviously yeah, of course something it is, which is, is getting focused. It is, it is, it is. And also now, you know, apart from the f- promise you've made Sophie, you've got all those kids who now look up to you. Yeah, exactly. You can't, kids. Them, no, you can't no, let them know. No, no, definitely not. hundred percent not. But, um, yeah, no, um, some of these kids are really good. They're really good kids. And I just, they just need a bit of guidance, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Well, listen, Magnus, it's been an absolute joy talking to you. And, uh, I think your story's so inspirational and um, it's weird, you know, it's weird for you now as a free man walking around and doing what you do and being respected by so many people for the right reasons. It's just mad as well. You see, when we go into the prisons, it's mad because usually it's us on that side, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a bit mad being on that. Being on the other side, yeah. kind of thing. So it's, yeah, it's a good feeling walking yeah, out of there. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. How do you feel? How do you? How are you treated by when you do those um, prison visits? How are you treated by the staff? Do you um, know any of the staff? <laughs> <laughs> no, we've not been to um, Stepanovs. We've actually been, but they change the staff. Yes, yeah, sure. don't they? But um, no. And it's been really, I mean, the last podcast we did was with this guy called John, and it was basically the story of um, what happened to him was he. He got out of prison just before COVID and then he got resentenced and went back. So he had the experience of being in prison without the restrictions. And then he took us through basically, you know, what's, what's been happening in, um, the prisons with 23 and a half hour bang up basically yeah. and, you know, half an hour out and the fear of COVID due to the fact that they're all so tightly pressed in together. Mm. Um, what do you think? I mean, what do you think that would have done to the prison population? Do you, you know, the, They've always wanted to bang everyone up yeah. all day, every day. Yeah, and that's easy. To, yeah, because it's easy. Yeah, COVID just gave them the excuse to do that. Yeah, I went to see someone on Saturday in um, Ramby Prison. Yeah, and like he says, like Mag, they've always wanted to do this. Yeah, I know. understand what I'm saying. So all COVID's done is gave them their, their excuse. Yeah, to um, do you know what I mean to actually think it. I was in on Saturday at Brixton and one of the, the listeners that I, I train at in, uh, in Brixton said that um, one of them was complaining about it, you know, saying, you know, it's 23 and a half hours, Gov, I can't do 23 and a half hours. And they said, we shouldn't have, you shouldn't have got yourself put in prison then, should you? And he slammed the door in his face. Yeah. And that's just the reality of what's happening. Yeah, that's what I do. I, I don't think, it ain't for a long time, they're not, they're not going to do, the, they're not going to open up um, and it'd be 
Prison is going to be better to how it uh, used to be. Well, I'm glad to see you getting on buses, going into cafes, and walking up and down uh, High Street. I love it. I love All right, it. mate. Yeah. Thank you so Thanks much for coming, test. brother. Thank love you. If you're interested in hearing more about the More Than My Past campaign and viewing dozens more inspirational stories, check out the campaign website, morethanmypast.org.uk. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, subscribe, and look out for future episodes. Thank you.